0: The Young and Healthy Podcast. You're listening to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. My name is Kate Sutter and I will be hosting this conversation that we have in store today. This is episode 26 and it is the final episode of season one of this podcast that we've created and we've so enjoyed creating it and hope that you've enjoyed listening. Our special day today is actually just going to be a day kind of of reflection about the podcast in general and how it's gone over the last 26 episodes. So I am joined in the studio today by our producer symphony Pitts. hi symphony
1: hi kate how are you
0: i'm well i'm so glad you're on the microphone today i'm excited to be here so this lady has been here for every single one of these episodes and i i'm really looking forward to hearing how uh, how this goes and what she has to say because she's had a unique perspective on what we've been up to michael english is also here hi michael
2: Hello, Kate. How are you today?
0: I am so well. And those of you who've been listening along this season know that Michael has joined us as a host several times along the way and also as a guest last week in our conversation about Santa. And if you haven't listened to that one, it's a great conversation. So we're so glad to see you again this week. Thank you for being here.
2: Oh, yeah. My pleasure. You know how much I enjoy it.
0: I know. It's been a lot of fun, you guys. And I think that that's probably... I, I don't know. I, I think that um, we set out to create something that was useful for patients and families as a way for us to share some knowledge in a conversational way. And I think that we've done that and we've figured out that it's kind of enjoyable for us as well. Um, I'd love to know Symphony, let's start with you. What, where, how are you feeling about putting a bow on season one?
1: Yeah, um, I think season one, one was amazing. Um, for me personally, just being behind the scenes, it was really great to have all those different experts come in and to meet them and to listen to these conversations. And I learned quite a bit, so it was amazing. What about you, Michael?
0: How was it to be part of this?
2: Well, I think um, I can echo a lot of that. It has been amazing. It has been a lot of fun, and I certainly learned a lot. I think that's been, for me, probably the most enjoyable uh, part of the podcast is that we were able to get a lot of employees in here Mm -hmm. who, uh, you know, we otherwise wouldn't have a chance to interact with, Mm -hmm. and these people are experts, and you could tell how much passion they had for the things that they were talking about and how much they had to share. And uh, I mean, I know it was really enjoyable for me. Hopefully it was really enjoyable for a lot of the parents that were out there listening to.
0: So one of the things that we've talked about in our preparations for today is to share our favorite episodes. And um, I'm so excited to hear which ones you guys picked who wants to go first?
1: I can go first. Okay. Um, So I have a couple of favorites, but I think my top favorite was um, the episode, How to Talk to Your Daughter About Menstrual Periods with Dr. Leslie Breach. Um, One, I think it's extremely important to talk about women's health. And so I was excited to be able to have that episode. Um, But I learned a lot (laughs) and I didn't expect to learn as much as I did just because I'm 25 years old. I know exactly, you know, a lot about my period, I would say. Um, but when Dr. Leslie Breach came in, she explained everything really well. And it was just a different perspective. Um, and I learned about different products that I could use. I didn't even know about specifically the period swimwear didn't even know that existed. And I was like, wow, this is very informative. So that was by far my favorite episode and it was just great (laughs) to be a part of it. And we were laughing and we weren't uncomfortable at all. It was a very safe space. So, yeah,
0: I love that. And actually we, um, because we've gathered here, the people who kind of made this happen this year, um, that was an episode that Rosie hosted for us. And so listeners, Rosie Bellman is not with us today. If she's listening, hello, Rosie, we hope you're well. Um, Rosie actually moved on from Cincinnati children's to a new job, to an exciting new opportunity. And we're so excited for her. We miss her lots Mm -hmm. and are so appreciative of her contributions to the podcast this year. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was a great opportunity for us to say that. So Mm -hmm. do you want to just do one at a time? We'll go to Michael. Okay. What's (laughs) all right. Sounds good. What's your, what's on your list, Michael?
2: All right. So before we started recording, I said I had three. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the earliest. Uh, The one about a lifetime of reading. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. one. Yeah, with Tiana Henry. So I really enjoyed that. And a lot of that has to do with uh, my mother is an avid reader. And because of that, I was an avid reader. And my 22-year-old is an avid reader. And my five-year-old uh, well, she wants to be, but she just can't read yet mm-hmm. but she's she wants to get there. So uh, it was really nice for me to hear about uh, not only how important that is and brought up some memories for myself. But uh, I know for my mom it was sort of like she was just reading and I saw what she did and so I did it. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of parents out there that really want their kids to read, but, just they don't have the time to necessarily read themselves. So yeah. what I really appreciate about that episode was being able to give um, parents resources and ideas on how to be able to get their kids into reading no matter what the age. Uh, so I found that really valuable. And I like I said, it just brought back a lot of memories with uh, me and my mom and me and my oldest.
0: I love reading. That one me was too. a really... Episode and, and I believe we were both received books at the end of that. So we did. They brought they brought gifts, which was so nice. Or of Tiana to to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was a super fun one.
2: So wait a minute. Let me understand this. You guys got books after that one. We did. Okay. That's like kids' books. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not jealous at all. Not <laughs> not one little bit. It's it's fine. No, that's, I, that's I awesome. I bet
0: I bet if we let Tiana know that you are in the market for some new reading material it is the gifting season mm-hmm. she might be
2: that, that's true yeah we she, should let her know we mm-hmm. should
0: we yeah. should let her know um she has really great books too she does yep not to make you any more envious <laughs> Michael it's,
2: it's fine it's fine there's a little five-year-old somewhere right now who just wishes she had a new book <laughs> if only her daddy had hosted that episode no, that's great. And but you know, to your point though, you, you know, Tiana has great books, mm-hmm. and that's another person. I mean, you could tell the passion, right, mm-hmm. listening to that episode. You know right. how how important she felt that it was. Even the fact that she brought in books mm-hmm. for the people, uh, for for the two of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, just amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that the mess. Yes, the books are incredible, but I think that her message of how important reading is. For just a, a healthy life for kids is such an important message. And when you start doing the math on minutes that you either read to a child or the child reads themselves, it adds up so quickly. And um, even just that 20 minutes a day, which I believe is the recommendation, mm-hmm. is—I mean, it—it—it it, it ends up being hundreds of thousands of minutes by the time they reach adulthood, which is so cool. Um my I think the one that I had the most fun uh, so many fun episodes but I really loved the episode that we did with two of our dentists. Yeah. That was um, a good one. That was a good one. That one was fun because it was the first one that we took the studio on the road and our our dentists are just busy mm-hmm. and so they have if if you haven't listened to that one, it's a great one for every parent. We talk about all aspects of dental health and particularly for new parents. There's a whole lot of conversation about getting started on the right trajectory with um, with dental care. And One of the things that I think a lot of families don't know is that the recommendation from our dentists and the American Association of Pediatric Dentistry, They kids should see a dentist for the first time by their first birthday or when their first tooth comes through. And so because many family dental practices don't start seeing patients until about three, there are some families that misunderstand that the kiddo doesn't need to see a dentist until three, when in reality, um, our team would much rather see a kiddo early in infancy so they can get used to going to the dentist as well as set the family up with all of the information that they need to have a, um, a full life of healthy teeth. And so that's a great episode. If you haven't listened, highly, highly encourage you to.
2: I agree. We had a lot of questions early on about teeth and how to care for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember our pediatrician said Um, Well, you can try and put your finger in there with one of those toothbrush things, but she's probably not going to let you. Mm. She did, though. My kid (laughs) loves the dentist. Does she? That's
0: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's great.
2: Yeah, she's always like, Dad, I need to go to the dentist. I'm like, why? She was like, I got something stuck in there. I'm like, baby, that's just corn. We don't have to go to the dentist. (laughs)
0: We got dental (laughs) floss for that.
2: We can can handle this right here at home.
0: (laughs) There's also a part of that conversation about dental trauma Mm -hmm. and dental injuries that, um, it is really extremely helpful. And because two of my kiddos have had, um, dental injuries that were, um, serious enough that they did some damage and knowing what to do is so, so helpful. So there's, there's a whole part of that conversation that covers that as well. Okay. So symphony, you said that you had two on that list, Yep.
1: Um, My second favorite or, well, I wouldn't rank, I don't want to rank them, but (laughs) another favorite of mine um, was the holiday traditions episode. Uh, That's a recent one. But honestly, that episode was just a really feel good episode. Like I think I was smiling the entire time and there was a moment in that episode where I did get a little emotional with everyone talking about like their, their family members that have passed and... You know, it brought back a lot of memories of my grandma and, you know, the traditions that we would have with her. And so it was just an amazing episode to kind of learn about different holiday traditions. Um, and also just, you know, have those memories of my grandparents and uh, what we used to do during the holidays. So I was just smiling the entire time editing that episode and sitting there and listening to it. I I think I've listened a couple of times <laughs> just because it just makes me feel so good, well,
0: and they're just such fabulous people mm-hmm. and I think that that's been such a theme throughout this, you know the the past six or seven months, however long we've been doing this, is that we have such great people here yeah. at Cincinnati children's, and the conversations have been um really just authentic and robust. And they were, I loved that conversation. Yeah. I'm glad that was on your list.
2: Yeah. That was one of mine as well. Yeah. It was, I mean, you guys told me about it before I listened to it. Yeah. But you guys talked about the food and you were right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You guys talked about food so much. <laughs> and I listened to that in in a moment of weakness because there was no food around. Oh, and no. Like I just really want to eat <laughs> everything in my house. It just made me so hungry, but but, yeah, that that was a really nice, positive uh, conversation. And it really got me looking forward to the holidays, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. being able to see uh, family, you know, watch uh, everyone open gifts and, and of course, eat. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, so many traditions have to do with food. And I think that when you start talking about all of them together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It becomes pretty clear that um, that meals together with people that you care about is a really important part of of the holidays. So was that one of you, that was actually one of yours, Michael? That
2: was one of mine. And then I have one other one uh, that I really appreciated, and that was the one on breastfeeding with Julie Ware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really thought that was a great resource um full disclosure uh, uh, my wife has had to try and breastfeed two kids in the nicu uh, which i mean breastfeeding in and of itself is is a challenge but i happened to learn a lot about lactation during those two experiences and uh what i learned is that you need resources, moms need resources, they need information, they need help. And I saw firsthand how important having someone there that knows what they're doing, who's willing to encourage you uh, can really uh, help a mom take care of their baby. Mm -hmm. And it is a very, very challenging job. And sometimes some people don't have access to all the knowledge, all the resources, all the support. And so I thought that the episode did, really did a great job of not only talking about how important breastfeeding is, but really giving resources and giving ways for, uh, for uh, people that were breastfeeding to, to seek help.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, um, so that would really spoke to me. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm just, I was really proud of what we did when it, when it came to, to being able to talk about that, uh, to that subject.
0: That one was a special one. And that one was, um, you know, I admittedly have some personal experiences that contributed to how that conversation went. Um, but I agree, Julie is fantastic. And I think that the resources that are available and families knowing that they're there and that they can ask. And, and also just that perspective for people who, um, don't have the experience of, Breastfeeding a baby themselves, but to know that there's a role to play and that that support is so important um, to success, if that's what the family wants, and um, that's a great one, Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love
2: that. And yeah, it was. I mean, I really thought it was was really cool. I mean, and that was one of the ones that you remember. You had that whole list, Symphony mm-hmm. of, you know, if you want to do a podcast, that was one of the ones that I picked. I, I'm glad Kate, you did it instead. I think it's, you know, it it you had this personal experience and everything. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that information is so important. Yeah. And, um, you know, I tried to support my wife as best I could during that, during that time.
0: My next one that I really liked, and that I hope. Um, if people who are newer to the podcast will consider going back and listening to is okay. Our episode number five about penicillin allergies yeah, and the benefit of challenging a penicillin allergy. And I loved that one because Trisha and Trisha are delightful and it was a really fun conversation. Um, But I also really like that one because it's one of, the easiest things, in my opinion, that parents can do, um, to help us stop with the spread of these super bugs. And if you don't need a big, strong, broad spectrum antibiotic, there's no sense in taking one. And we know that, I mean, it's, a a, I would have to go back and listen. I, I believe it's like 90% of people who have a penicillin allergy on their medical record aren't actually truly allergic to penicillins, including amoxicillin. Um, that's a whole lot of people mm-hmm. that could take a much less, um, I guess, I guess broad-spectrum antibiotic for the things that they need. So strep throat, pneumonia sinus infections, ear infections, like it's first line for all of these things. And if you can take it, you should. Um, so that one is huge. And we did that with my daughter. Um, we challenged it because, um, the, the scenario under which she received the allergy stamp in the first place was just kind of always stuck out to me as I'm just not sure that that's actually what it was. Mm -hmm. She developed a rash And, you know, but rashes can be so many things. And it just felt like the whole, it just happened so quickly. It was like, okay, now she can never have amoxicillin again. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. So um, the more I learned about how important it is to take the right antibiotic for what you have going on, um, the more I was like, yep, we're going to test this because... um, neither of her brothers are allergic to it. Um, but because I have it on my own medical record and my husband does too, it was like, Ooh, both parents were going to say she's allergic and we challenged it and she can have it now. Um, and it was so simple. It was a, you know, an appointment with allergy and I believe that we there was a little bit of out-of-pocket with our insurance to do it, but totally worth it because in many insurance plans, amoxicillin is free. Mm-hmm. I got it for one of my sons a couple of weeks ago for an ear infection, and I think I paid $4.18 for it or something like that, whereas you know the, the other ones are going to be much more expensive. So just so many benefits to pursuing um, that, that one test that can change a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a ton of really, really good information. And I, I enjoyed that one a lot.
2: Yeah. I was blown away when I heard that. Um, I, I just didn't know that inaccurate allergy testing could be that big of a thing on that large of a scale. Like I had no clue. And my wife is allergic to penicillin mm-hmm. and did you, are you going to get retested? Are you going to challenge it?
0: I I need to challenge mine. I would yeah. like to, I definitely need to, to follow up how to do that because it worked well for my daughter because we already had an, a, like a relationship with an allergist mm-hmm. with our allergist here. And I could just schedule an appointment. I need to establish a relationship. So, you know, all the things I need to do, but absolutely I'm going to do it. Um, and just one quick clarification. It isn't that the, testing is inaccurate. It's that the allergy is assigned to a patient without any testing. It's just clinical based Uh. on a reaction. So like my daughter's was, um, she was on it for an ear infection and then developed a rash and we were, you know, we ended up back in urgent care and one thing led to another and they changed her antibiotic and said, we think she's this is a reaction to the so amoxicillin. That's, so it's
2: the classification. That's, it's, yeah. Yep. So I like, and I guess I I misunderstood that, but that's what they tried to um, say. Like my youngest was mm-hmm. allergic to penicillin. And yeah, I imagine that's probably what happened with my wife too. It hasn't been because of testing. You know, we've had other testing, but that's been mostly like um, dust, pollen, ragweed, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like
0: the skin like mm. the the skin prick test yeah yeah
2: but wow yeah Yeah.
0: well and so you have to like actually take the medicine orally for the for the challenge they um, on rare occasions it sounds like they will do a skin test first Um, but I mean that's all patient to patient it completely depends on the history Mm. of of each patient but and you have to do it with an expert. Like it, Mm -hmm. it isn't safe to just go give a kiddo amoxicillin if you think they're not allergic. So please, please, please don't do that. Um, but if you're curious or if the circumstances are, um, a little, you know, give you pause or make you curious, is, is this real? You can totally ask to, to challenge it. And it's, the vast majority of people aren't truly allergic, um, so that one was, that one was on my list. As I'm sitting here, realizing that we've covered so many different topics, and um, also looking at you guys, we're all still wearing masks. And mm-hmm. I think the other thing that I would mention is how. Um, how proud I've been to be able to share information about the pandemic and about COVID in general. I think we've had three or four COVID related episodes along the way. And I suspect there will probably be more to come in season two because this is just truly something that is impacting child health like nothing else has before it. So we'll continue to talk to the people who know what's going on with the pandemic best and, you know, bring them to this space so that they can help us have good information that we can take out there and use for making decisions. I love these reflections of the episodes of this year and so appreciate both of you helping with this conversation. Any final thoughts before we say... See you later to season one. It's been fun. Happy holidays, everyone.
2: Yeah, I'll echo that. Happy holidays and symphony. I hope this is not the last time we hear you on the microphone.
0: I don't think it will be. (laughs) We'll see. Yep. Happy holidays, all. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you'll continue listening. We will be back with you in January to start season two. You've been listening to the Young and Healthy Podcast. Take care. This episode was recorded on December 14th, 2021. The Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Our music was created by Stephen Grieco. And this episode, as all of them are, was produced by the fabulous and talented Symphony Pitts.
1: Follow Cincinnati Children's on Instagram, Facebook, and
0: Twitter.